Okay, sure, cicadas have descended upon some towns that make the town's residents feel like it's the war of the worlds. Sure, a county in Georgia has asked residents to stop calling 911 over cicadas. But 14 states in the United States of America have been descended upon from trillions of cicadas. The Brood X cicadas are out there and they're everywhere in these 14 states. I just want to let you know that when it feels like it's a little bit of rain, when you're walking underneath trees that are full of cicadas or the cicadas land on you and it feels like, hey, was that a little bit of rain? Nope. Uh, that was cicada pee. So just know that those cicadas are just out there doing what they do. And yes, that water, that liquid that you'd feel on your body is not rain. <laughs> I guess it technically isn't water either. It is recycled water from the food that they eat from the trees that turns into the fluid that is cicada pee. So you have that going for you. <laughs> you may want to think to yourself, hey, after our walk, how about we take a shower? Welcome, welcome to Chewing the Fat. You know, I was thinking, even with a shower, I mean, you need to wash those clothes too. And people are trying to get us to eat these damn things. There's chefs all over trying to get us to eat them. And now, actually, some of the professionals are saying, you know, uh, the urine from cicadas are actually sugary honeydew. So maybe we should just put that into our foods. Um, how about no? All right, let's get to it. It's Fat Pile Friday. I've got a ton of stuff today. We'll try to get through as much of it as we can. We'll read some headlines and we'll see what, uh, you know, what sounds good to, to talk about. Like this particular story. Remember, we did quite a bit of, uh, quite a bit of coverage of the Sharon Stone book that she was out hawking and talked about all her uh, interactions in Hollywood. And one of the interactions, she talked about her scene in Basic Instinct. And she talked about how she was kind of hoodwinked into doing it and they couldn't see anything. And then she saw a, uh, a cut from it in the movie and realized that you could see everything. She was angry. She said she wasn't going to do it. She had her attorneys and then she went home and thought about it and said, well, you know, I did the scene, so go ahead and leave it in. So I made it seem like that was the worst part of the movie. Well, not so fast. It appears that a new version, the 30th anniversary version is going to be released and it's going to be X rated wait what yeah uh, apparently you know during the movie and it's been i don't even remember seeing basic instinct and you know we all remember the big scene but i can't i'm gonna have to go back and watch it especially the 30th anniversary version which is x-rated so i guess uh there are scenes big sex scenes throughout this movie and uh, along with the violence because the femme fatale commits her murders during sex. So, and those were cut out. 
So, okay. <laughs> no problem. I guess Sharon forgot about those scenes that were even, you know, racier than what she remembers doing when she spread her legs in the police interrogation scene. So, anyway, you have uh, that to look forward to. And maybe, maybe that was in Sharon's book. I know I didn't read the entire thing because she covered what I thought was most of it. Maybe she mentions that in the book as well and no one talked to her about it. But you'd think that when she was talking about her leg uncrossing scene and how horrible and mad she was when it made it to the movie, she'd also be upset about the big sex scenes and the murder scenes that took place in the movie. I'm guessing it was with her in those scenes. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But it does give one an opportunity to catch the 30th anniversary of Basic Instinct at least, you know, one time anyway. Boy, things are falling apart over at the Gates house. So now it's not only Bill Gates that was a dog and it was his investment guy over at Cascade. That was a company that uh, he started, Cascade Investments, with his buddy Michael Larson, who managed the Gates family fortune for you know almost 30 years. Well, apparently he's not that good a guy either. And there's been plenty of complaints where he created a culture of fear at the Gates family office. <laughs> oh man. Now they're talking about what a bad guy he was and how he made some racist comments and sexist remarks. He judged female employees on their attractiveness showed colleagues uh, nude photos of women on the internet and on several occasions made sexually inappropriate comments. That bastard. That bastard. Uh, and there's being reported in one instant where he openly mocked a black female employee by saying, you live in the ghetto. <laughs> what kind of guy? I mean, and he said that uh, uh, one employee said they were going to leave Cascade and join another company. And Larson said, well, I'll just hurt that company's stock price then. Oh, okay. No problem. Now, apparently, employees have complained to Bill and Melinda. Melinda knew about several of these complaints as well. Now, I know that her spokespeople have said uh, that she was unaware of most of these allegations. Ooh, okay. So many of these allegations are true, just not, I didn't know about all of them. I knew he was kind of a bad guy, just not all of them. And they just, uh, you know, instead of escalating the matter, and why do you want to escalate? Do you want to cause problems? No. Here's a bunch of money. Go away. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, now, I mean, the place had 160 employees, I believe. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. Now, Gates hired Larson from a hedge fund in 94 to manage his personal fortune of $10 billion at the time in 1994. And next year, they made Cascade Investments part of, you know, a private investment firm for him. They've turned that into $130 billion. That's not bad. Plus, 
Larson also uh, manages the Gates Foundation, which is fifty billion foundation I, uh, endowment. So I mean that's pretty good. I mean the guy knows how to make money, but does that matter? No, he's a bad guy. And so man, this divorce is spinning out of control, which even gives me more pause to tell you that Bill and Melinda are going to split it maybe down the middle. Melinda may even get more than half now. She was saying, yeah, this is your right-hand man. I knew about a couple of them. I didn't know about all of these. You kept all these secret from me. I need, uh, you can keep, you know, 30 billion, but I need a hundred billion. <laughs> There's no way she gets less than half. No way. Holy cow. And the whole thing's going to come crumbling down now because Larson is going to take a fall for a big hit. He's gone. So the investment company, the foundation, oh man. Hey, you might take your billions and walk away. And kids, whatever you got out of the deal, uh, keep it. Put it in a lockbox and hide it away because there's not going to be much left over. Well, you know, I don't know. Maybe a couple of dozen billion. But it's not going to be much. It's not going to be the 130 billion. Next thing, next thing, Xanadu 2.0 is going to be for sale because nobody wants to live there now. It's not Xanadu 2.0. We'll just sell it, get this thing, get rid of it. Nobody wants to be there. Mark my words. Within the next month, Xanadu 2.0 for sale. Well, as long as we're talking about bad guys, let's talk about Jeffrey Epstein for a second. Uh, we find out now that a, a letter filed by federal prosecutors that uh, have told us two guards on duty the night Epstein died by suicide admitted to falsifying records. They were accused of failing to check on Epstein every half hour as they were supposed to. The two also struck a deal with federal prosecutors to avoid jail time. And that's special. And that's special. That's good. That's good. Now we have a problem in uh, California because two guards, oh my gosh, another guards problem, allegedly recorded a California prisoner alive during a safety check when he wasn't so much alive. Yeah, no. Now, this took place in Kings County, a prison in California. And when you look up, it doesn't say the name of the prison in this story. It talks about the person who was thought to be alive that wasn't had transferred from Mule Creek State Prison, but it talks, but it doesn't say the name of the prison in Kings County. Now, when you go to Kings County, you see they have one state prison listed, uh, Avenal State Prison. And, well, I guess they have a California State Prison as well. So they have the California State Prison, the California State Prison Corcoran, they have the Avenal State Prison. Wow, Kings County, man, full of uh, full of prisons and jails. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know that I want to live in Kings County. But uh, when they uh, failed to uh, record him uh, not alive, the entire act, according to what this guy did, would have taken hours. And the family is now suing. They allege in the lawsuit that a white sheet covered the cell bars so the guards either didn't check or they didn't care this guy uh really is a heinous murderer luis romero he was called uh, the most 
heinous killing recorded according to Kings County officials. And he disposed of the eyes and the ears and the lungs and also um, made sure his head was not connected to his body anymore. And so for a long time at this prison, this Romero was left alone in a cell. So he had been, and then they threw this guy in with him when he transferred from Mule Creek State. Two days later, dead. So not a good guy. But again, guards not doing what they're supposed to do. Just that same thing as the Epstein case. And then we have Bill Cosby, on the other hand, is denied parole because he doesn't want to bow down to the parole board. He rejected rejected their parole release plan. He didn't develop one and he didn't want to complete the treatment program. So I don't know that they wanted to give him parole anyway. Even, I mean, they may have made the therapy program for violent sexual offenders and then developing a parole release plan and a treatment program. I mean, that may have been something that they knew he wasn't going to do or couldn't do. And, so we'll just if you want parole, you gotta go jump from building to building ten times in a row. You can't do that. But he claims that he's going to continue his appeal and he's hopeful that the state Supreme Court will vacate his conviction and grant him a new trial. Remember, Bill has maintained his innocence from the beginning. I know, I know. Sure, he was convicted on three counts of felony aggravated indecent assault for the attack. And then some other 60 women have accused him. And remember what we learned yesterday, accusations don't prove guilt, right? Right? (laughs) All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink. And you know what? Why don't you join me in a cool, refreshing beverage of your choice? Good news. Good news about your, well, good news about our health. Google has now struck a deal with the HCA Healthcare hospital chains, <laughs> they're going to go ahead and use patient data to develop algorithms, of course, that could guide doctors' medical decisions and increasing the tech giants' little foothold they've got going on in that whole healthcare sector. Remember earlier this week, we talked about their new skin condition app that will just let you know what's wrong with you. Well, apparently, uh, while this deal uh, you know, makes inroads into the healthcare sector for Google. Um, Microsoft and Amazon already have deals with hospitals to analyze their patient data. So that's really good, right? I mean, this deal is 181 hospitals, more than 2,000 healthcare sites in 21 states. And it would be able to look at the data from patient health records and digitally connect medical devices under a multi-year contract. It's going to help us spin the data in real time. And that's what we're building as a central nervous system to help us interpret the various signals. Oh, good. We want to push the boundaries of what the 
clinician can do in real time with data, said the managing director of healthcare and life sciences at Google Cloud, Chris Skalowski. Uh, remember, this is just a reminder to you people out there that are thinking, hey, isn't my healthcare data protected? Well, patient information and data are protected under healthcare privacy laws in the United States, but the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act allows hospitals to share information with contractors and researchers to make sense of patient data without explicit consent from those patients. So now contractors must also abide by the healthcare laws, privacy protections, <laughs> but because Google patient data is, uh, anonymized, the company can use the information that it sees fit. Oh, that's good. That's good. And it's only a little bit. I mean, HCA only handles 5% of all hospital services provided in the United States. So that's only, I don't know. I don't, you know, maybe tens of millions of patient interactions every year. <laughs> wow. 5%, 181 hospitals, 2000 healthcare sites, 21 states. And that's only 5% of all hospital services provided in the United States. Wow. And that's still a big chunk with that amount of patients. Google will be able to get an idea of what's going on. And that's why they're saying we want to, we're building a central nervous system to help interpret the various signals. And with Microsoft and Amazon already having deals with other companies, wow, your data, we're going to know what's wrong with us before we know what's wrong with us. So, yeah, you can quote me on that. We're going to know what's wrong with us before we know what's wrong with us. Or maybe it's the other way around. They are going to know what's wrong with us before we know what's wrong with us. Either way, it's good. Either way, it's good and it's about your health. And isn't that what's most important? Isn't it? No, really, isn't it? I mean, our health is what's most important, right? Uh, we uh, The story of uh, the British doc who said uh, he used his body as a test for one month of junk food diet or what he calls junk food diet. He claims that took 10 years off his life. He called it four grueling weeks. This Chris Van Tulken, an infectious disease doctor at the University College London Hospital System, ate a strict diet of frozen pizza, fried chicken, fish sticks, cereals, and other ready-made meals which pack a long list of chemical ingredients, right? <laughs> so he chronicled all the effects of the, of the diet in a uh, new show called, what are we feeding our kids? And it exposed the catastrophic toll of what he calls ultra processed foods. Oof. Okay. Which he calls uh, UPF. He said, my libido, piles, heartburn, everything got worse. I was anxious, depressed, and it was all self-perpetuating. <laughs> okay. 
He's the otherwise healthy 42 year old was constantly nagged by hunger pangs to the extent that he had difficulty achieving a good night's sleep to due to his urge to eat more things like monosodium glutamate send a signal to your brain telling you this is nutritious. Um, but it's not, uh, it's not nutritious and you're not full and it tells you you need to get more nutrition. So you keep eating. The toll the diet took on his mental health was equally alarming. He claims that it proved, his poor diet proved that this way of eating had the effect of drugs and alcohol on his body. Oh, okay. He slammed infant and children's foods as confection, warning parents to pay attention what they're feeding their kids. Yeah, I mean, it's getting a little scary out there, isn't it? (laughs) we need to really pay attention to what we eat and i'm there with you so these days he's sworn off most deli sandwiches cereals and restaurant takeout liking himself to an ex-smoker he said that junk food now holds no appeal i would no more voluntarily go and buy a upf hamburger than i would a pack of cigarettes Wow. Recent studies have shown that highly processed foods can be linked to accelerated aging and early death. It's no coincidence that more than 73% of U.S. adults are considered overweight or obese. (sighs) Wow. That makes me want to have a cigarette. Speaking of, uh, you know, cigarettes and uh, you know smoking area and taking a you know taking a smoke break i see where amazon you know while they're famous for providing drivers with cameras in their vans paying them maybe less than minimum wage at least that's what we're told they're supposed to pee in bottles uh, when they're out there uh, on the road and other employees are talking about their 10 and a half hour what's called a mega cycle shift well amazon is doing something about it and they're providing their amazon zen garden it's like a phone booth it's the zen booth the mindful practice room (laughs) it's part of the working well program that amazon announced and according to the press release working well is a mix of physical and mental activities wellness exercises and healthy eating support uh, meant to help them recharge and re-energize one of the working well initiatives is amazon which guides employees through mindfulness practices in individual interactive kiosks at buildings oh well that's nice now it's a looks like a phone booth And it's in the middle of the Amazon warehouse where workers can use a computer to view the mental health and mindful practices. Oh, uh, okay. So when are they going to be able to break to use that? And is it just one per warehouse? I mean, I'm not really, I'm not opposed to the Zen garden booth. But, you know, it's not, uh, there's only one of them. And do I say, hey, uh, uh, Amazon Zen time, Amazon time. And then I go sit in the booth for a few minutes. Aren't people going to get pissed at me? 
uh, supervisors, robots, co-workers, whatever. Don't mind me. You guys continue loading up those racks. I'll be in the mindful practice room. Oh, yeah, no problem. No problem. You go right ahead. <laughs> I mean, it seems a little out of place. It seems like maybe, and this is just me, just me thinking out loud that it's just Amazon saying, well, here you go. There you go. You want something to make you feel better about things because you're working so hard for us? Okay, there you go. Here's a booth. Go sit and, <laughs> go sit and time out for a while. You want to call it a mindful practice room, you go ahead. Just go, go sit and time out and calm yourself down a little bit. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the timeout mindful practice room. That's what it is. Just a few headlines for you to uh, know a little bit about uh, what's going on. Nintendo is going to release an upgraded Switch console this fall. We know that uh, Sirius XM and its subsidiary, Pandora, are going to partner with TikTok on a new music channel and a curated playlist from tastemakers. GM firing up five plants. It had shuttered due to the global chip shortage, so maybe the chip shortage is over? Uber has recognized a union in the UK, becoming the first ride-hailing company to allow drivers to organize. The Oscars, yay! They're being pushed back one month. Oh, no. Oh, we've got to wait until March of 2022? Oh, no. Now, sure, they're going to still maintain some of the loosened eligibility requirements put in place for this past year's ceremony and boy wasn't this year's ceremony great so we can really look forward to march of 2022 can't we <laughs> and i see where airbnb announced it has hundreds of new features well at least 100 plus new features including more flexibility for guests to search dates destinations and listings some of the biggest upgrades apparently were saved for the hosts of the Airbnbs. Listing a new property was simplified from dozens of steps to 10. Uh, they're doubling the number of support agents. AI systems are going to recommend names and descriptions and the best photos to use. Oh, that's awful sweet. And in quarter one, Airbnb reported 64 million booked nights and experiences, which was up 13% over last year, which, you know, that really doesn't surprise me. I'm surprised that it, that's actually only 13%. And I see where Kim Kardashian is not giving up. Good for her. She failed the first year exam, and she was not happy about it. She said that uh, she didn't pass the baby bar, and she said that uh, she found the baby bar extremely difficult. And she's bummed, and I, I don't blame her. So she apparently got a 474, needed a 560 to pass. And if you do law school the way I'm doing it, according to her, it's a four-year program instead of your typical three-year program. After one year, you have to take the baby bar. And that one, according to her, is actually harder than the official bar. That's what she was told. 
Uh-huh. And she admitted to feeling like a failure. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, she admitted to feeling like a failure for not acing the test. I bet. She said, uh, I spent like six, six weeks straight, 10 to 12 hours a day studying. It was so important for me to take this. To not pass, get your spirit down and makes you want to give up. But I guess she's not, I guess she's not going to give up. She's going to keep fighting for that law degree. She said that uh, criminal law, torts, and contracts. Torts is the most confusing. Contracts, the most boring. And crim law, I can do in my sleep. Took my first test. I got 100. Super easy for me. The reading is what really gets me. It's so time-consuming. The concepts, I grasp in two seconds. So good luck, Kim. Good luck. I hope it all works out for you. I really do. You know, if she doesn't pass that law that law degree or that bar exam, I'm not sure what she'll do to survive. <laughs> Did you see there was a report from MRC Culture's TV blog that said 127 episodes on television were from prominent network shows that since the death of George Floyd last year, been a little over a year, Hollywood has devoted 127 TV episodes to Black Lives Matter, defund the police movement, and the belief that America is systemically racist. I would have ventured that it was more episodes than that. This list has CBS's NCIS Los Angeles, NBC's Chicago PD, NBC's Superstore, and CW's Black Lightning, and CBS's FBI Most Wanted. If you, I've watched Most Wanted, absolutely. Uh, I've watched the FBI, which is agonizing. There's, and that isn't even listed here. And there's been, there's been more than one episode that's had. Uh, that's had some of that uh, listed. All of the CBS shows, wow, do what they can. Blue Bloods is probably the least of their problems with this type of thing, and they still get some of it in as easy as you know as much as they can. It's really some of these shows are really bad. But hey, it's important that we realize that defund the police and the. Black Lives Matter movement and America being systemically racist. It's important. It's important that we all realize that, isn't it? Of course it is. Did you see, speaking of that, did you see where the Atlanta mayoral candidate and uh, city council member Antonio Brown got his uh, automobile stolen? Uh, his Mercedes coupe got stolen. And what's important about that, and it's a shame that anyone gets their automobile stolen. It shouldn't happen. But he is one of the people who voted to sequester $73 million from the city's police department budget. Oh, my gosh. But he was quick to call the police and thanking the police for their help. <laughs> when they when they found his, got his car and uh, they were inside his car and it was gone in seconds. Now they, the youngest six or seven years old of the four or five kids that were spotted, uh, you know, breaking into his car. Huh? Weird how that happened. Weird. So, uh, he filed a police report with the Atlanta police department and he wanted to thank everyone that checked on him and he appreciates the love and support and, uh, you know, they're still out there looking for his car. They know some of the kids that helped break into it. 
but he did say thanks to the Atlanta Police Department for taking swift action to address the situation it's time we reimagine Atlanta together oh 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 okay well that's good that's good so apparently, I, and I, I, I thought so. It said one part of the story says that they haven't found the car, and the other part of the story says that they, they found it. Yeah, they confirmed they found his car, but they wouldn't confirm if they'd made any arrests, and that's probably because they were all minors. But uh, it's good that we're uh, reinventing the police department. Be- I'm sorry, I'm sorry, we're not reinventing. We're reimagining the police department. So let's reimagine Atlanta together, shall we, Councilman Brown? Yeah, let's do that. My car was stolen. Who do I call? Well, the social worker certainly can't help. Can they? So speaking of uh, reimagining something like that, uh, if you're listening to this show live on the 28th of May, 2021, coming up on Monday, it's Memorial Day. It's a holiday, so there's no you know, new shows, everybody's taking the day off. I hope you get to take the day off. Remember that Memorial Day, previously a decoration day for, I don't know, some people that are really, really old. It's a holiday for honoring and mourning the military personnel who have died in the performance of their military duties while serving in the United States Armed Forces. And for many years, it was observed on the 30th of May, and then they moved it to holiday on the last Monday in May. So I hope that you honor and say a prayer for those military personnel who have died while serving the United States Armed Forces and keeping you free. Okay? Uh, it's important to remember that. I don't know many people do anymore. Anyway, uh, I know there's not going to be a fresh chewing the fat show as you know it but i am going to do an interview with the flat earth guy flat earth dave and i'm going to post that on memorial day Uh, i'm going to just have him give us a class on flat earth and question him i don't want to fight with them i don't want to you know i don't want to do anything i just want him to put it out there and let you decide and uh, so we're going to be talking to uh, flat earth dave (laughs) on monday on memorial day so enjoy that and I, I can't wait. I can't wait to talk to him. It, uh, it's going to be fascinating. I've, I've watched some of his videos. And I'm, I, I, you know, he may bring me to the dark side. I don't know. I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask him to convince me to come to the dark side of believing that the earth is flat. And we'll be able to uh, hear that on Monday. So if you're listening to this now and you're not a subscriber, uh, perhaps you should subscribe. Uh, it'd be a good idea. Okay. You can choose the platform you're listening on now or choose any other platform you want, whichever one warms the little cockles of your heart. Okay. And I'm going to put it up on YouTube as well. So you can, uh, you know, subscribe to my YouTube channel, chewing the fat with Jeff Fisher, and you can see the video. Cause I know that he's got, uh, he's got a good presentation and I'm looking forward to it. We've got, uh, I've got so much to talk to you about today. Let's just get through the show sheet and see if we can get through the headlines with politics and COVID. 
just headlines. Okay. I, I promise just so you know, when you're standing around this weekend and somebody says, Hey, how about that new budget president Biden? Well, it's going to be $6 trillion, $6 trillion. I know it's hard to even wrap your head around. And if you, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. It's probably not going to pass. I don't, you know, it's, they're talking about, uh, it will, uh, increase federal spending to 8.2 trillion, uh, by 2031, it would require running annual deficits of 1.3 trillion, including 1.8 trillion in 2022. Okay. I mean, that means that, I mean, we're going to, taxes are going up. There's no way they can spend this money without taxes going up. You know that as well as I do, but we'll see if Congress, you know, okays this budget just because he puts it out there. doesn't make it so but we're already spending trillions of dollars. So what the hell? Let's spend a few more, right? <laughs> it's only $6 trillion. So we have uh, mask mandates headline. The mask mandates didn't slow COVID spread. New study claims. Oh, isn't that interesting? Governor Gavin Newsom no longer allowed to restrict houses of worship and ordered to pay $1.35 million in a settlement to church over lockdown. Good. Glad to hear that. They're saying that uh, mild coronavirus infection may leave behind lasting antibody protection. Wow. That's huge if that's true. They're saying even a mild case of coronavirus could leave people with lifelong protection against the virus. Okay. I mean, I, there's, you know, there's a lot of, uh, misinterpretation of the data. Nobody knows whether it's long lasting, whether it's short lasting, whether it's strong, whether it's weak, but we're finally trying to uh, figure it out. And that's, that's good news. There's no kidding. They're, they're saying now that, uh, Rochelle Walensky, head of the CDC said that they misrepresented the study of outdoor COVID-19 transmission. Oh, Really? That's kind of strange that uh, the CDC would misrepresent what the study said. Huh. I don't know that I will believe that. I'll tell you that. Facebook has now reversed its ban on posts claiming COVID-19 was man-made. Weird. So now it's okay? I can can just hypothesize that it was man-made and not from a bat? in some city in China that we can't say because it's, it's, uh, if I say it's the China virus, I'm a racist. So if I call it the Wuhan virus, does that still make it racist? Okay. never mind. You know, it's the COVID-19 that came from that other city in the other country. That's not over here in the United States of America or in India or South Africa or the United Kingdom. Uh, so we'll see if they, you know, we get to say that it probably was. They're saying now that it probably is. We found out that uh, they couldn't replicate uh, COVID-19, getting it from a bat. They couldn't replicate it. They gave it to a bat. And uh, I guess they couldn't, they couldn't get the bat to get COVID-19. We're getting reports now that people in China were reporting being sick in Wuhan back in November of 2019, which means, hello, we talked about that the other day. We absolutely know it was here in the U.S. way before then. I mean, for sure, in the fall 
before November of 2019. I'm sorry. I just, I, I don't believe that these people were sick with this, this flu-like symptoms and it wasn't the flu. Uh, people were testing negative for the flu and had these flu-like symptoms. Huh. What could that have been? I don't know. Why don't you tell me? <laughs> we have uh, Catholic priests who held masses in defiance of the COVID restrictions. He's, uh, yeah, they want him to step down. Yeah, look, no, you can't be doing that. Wait, what? Yeah, sorry. You should not have, uh, you shouldn't have been holding, uh, you shouldn't have been holding church services in defiance of the COVID restrictions. Just incredible. Incredible. They've set up a fund that's raised money to help them out. But he preached against the Democratic Party's progressive policies and held masses in defiance of coronavirus restrictions. That's what the church is supposed to do. And, 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 and what's his face from California we just talked about? He's got to pay the churches. He can't restrict them anymore. And they're making this guy step down? Holy cow. This is the same Catholic church, by the way, that now has the Pope saying that he wants to launch a seven-year environmental sustainability plan through all the Catholic organizations. So that's special. And he said that we must end the predatory attitude. <laughs> uh, we have a predatory attitude, or the church does, to the ecological system of the world? Um, uh, oh, okay. He said that uh, these wounds are dramatically manifested in an unprecedented ecological crisis that affects the soil, the air, the water, and in general, the ecosystem in which human beings live. Okay. Uh, we must transform the way humans inhabit the world? The initiative will take an aggressive ecological approach to combating climate change. It's a seven-year journey to a more sustainable communities, We'll have focus groups including families, parishes and dioceses, schools, universities, hospitals, and other healthcare facilities, businesses, lay Catholic organizations, and orders of priests and nuns. Oh, good! That's their great responsibility to future generations. Thank you, Pope. Thank you for this new project. And I hope that this will respond to the cry of the earth. They're trying to answer the cry in Arizona at the Cabellero Dairy, right? Cabellero Dairy, C-A-B-A-L-L-E-R-O Dairy. They're installing a first-of-its-kind equipment for Arizona. I guess I thought this was going on, on other, with other farms across the country, but they're going to convert organic waste into biogas, which can then be sold to others. They're going green. The farm is set to be the home of the first of its kind operation in the state. Okay. Yeah, because this has been, farms have been doing this for quite a while. The uh, farm is going to be able to convert all of its waste into biogas that can be piped and used as renewable natural gas for vehicles. Great. I mean, they are answering the cry of the earth. We produce here will be the equivalent to planting 44,000 acres of forest land. Huh. That's interesting. 
They're also thinking of ways to help the environment. So that's why he's adding this technology and he's hoping to lead by example. Right. We're going to capture them and put them back into the El Paso pipeline. So we'll have that energy and we can't wait to recycle every bit of everything that we waste. It won't be waste at all. Okay. <laughs> so good. That's be that's an interesting story, except that it's just in Arizona. That's got to be going on around the country, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. You're talking about the U.S. having over 2,200 sites producing biogas in all 50 states. 250 of these anaerobic digesters on farms, 1,269 water resource recovery facilities using the anaerobic digester, so 66 standalone systems that digest food waste, 652 landfill gas projects. Wow. And I mean, we are, (laughs) they're talking about Europe has over 10,000 operating digesters and some communities are essentially fossil fuel free because of them. Oh, that's great. Now, I wonder if they're the same communities that are going to get gas from the Russia pipeline so that they'll be able to stay warm during the winter. But we'll see this new marketplace. I mean, you're looking at this uh, Agstar, uh, this anaerobic, yeah, A-N-A-E-R-O-B-I-C digestion. Uh, They're looking at, uh, they can, there are, 273 manure-based digestive systems operating in the United States and helping to reduce greenhouse gas emissions from methane. Of these, 108 systems have been awarded grants by the United States Department of Agriculture. Isn't that special? So they're so good that the government is giving them money to use, which means they're not making money. So hopefully, this one that they're going to use in Arizona will be able to create enough and to sell enough for people to use and make money and they won't get government grants. <laughs> I kill me. I kill me. This is exactly why we want a $6 trillion budget so we can pay. These are jobs that they're going to say are, are, are this is what we're paying for. This is American jobs. Sure. Companies can't hire new employees because they're, I don't know, closed, but we're going to go ahead and give them jobs here. You can work in the uh, manure-based digestion systems and shovel cow poop into the into the systems so we create biogas. Jeez. When it works, if it works and creates power and energy and creates livelihoods for people, then the United States will use it. But until then, no. And that's old school thinking. I know. Old school thinking. Speaking of old school, if you got nothing else to do this weekend, uh, for those of you listening live, it's a big three-day weekend. You can go to the uh, Arkansas Crater of Diamonds State Park. You know how much I love that place. Well, they claim that someone has found another 2.20 carat yellow diamond at the park. <laughs> uh, that's wonderful. Guy from Washington, Washington State, that is. And he said that he was out there at the park and he was found the diamond last October. Oh, no, this was the largest diamond, I'm sorry, found at the park since last October. Uh huh. So that proves, right? I'm telling you, 
every you know couple times a year they tell you look what someone found okay no problem now they claim that 121 diamonds have been registered at crater of diamond state park this year that doesn't mean they were these giant carat one carat two carat diamonds but it's just incredible to me that he said that uh wow i was out there uh you know sifting through the dirt if you haven't been there it's i mean it's fun it's fun i was out there with the family and it's just fun you're out there sifting through the dirt and you say oh my gosh is that a gemstone in the dirt and it is i saw it shining and as soon as i turned the screen over i immediately knew it was a diamond did you did you now according to the crater of diamond state park when you find it those large diamonds you get to name it so he named it washington sunshine oh because it's got a nice light yellow color it's just like the sunlight in washington and i'm gonna make it into an engagement ring now i'm not engaged to anyone and i don't have anyone to propose to but when i do man oh man we're gonna be able to design that ring and put this beautiful yellow diamond smack dab in the middle won't it be special (laughs) 